Are you there? Are you back? You came back again for XO Sports Talk Live. We're coming at you again. Episode number eight with nothing but the best sports talk in the land right here at XO Sports Talk Radio. Woo! Fellas, what's up? What's going on, my fellas? What's going on, bro? How's everybody? Good, good. Hanging in there, man. Good. Going on, fellas. (laughs) Malcolm, go ahead, man. (laughs) I would love to thank all the viewers and subscribers for tuning in to XO Sports Talk. Please tell family and friends about all the shows. And also remember to hit that subscribe button and the like button. And also, don't hesitate to share the show with all your family and friends. Also, we can't do it without you, you know, because you're the fans and we appreciate all the viewers and we're on all your streaming platforms. Feel free to tell everyone. Please also leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing, you know, good, good or bad. We'll take it. We love everything. So thank you for good tuning in. Uh, yes. Thank, thank you, Thank everybody. Thank everybody. Yes. Yes. Family, appreciate friends, and, and newcomers. Uh, we're going to start it off with Phil Mickelson. Congratulations, Phil Mickelson. First ever to win the PGA championship at the age of 50. Yeah. Big ups to um, Phil. 50 yeah. is the new 30s. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm in that 50 bracket, man. Watch, be careful, man. Watch, be careful. <laughs> uh, Phil's resume goes like this. He's the 14th golfer to win six or more majors. Uh, three master wins, 2004, 2006, 2010. Uh, Phil has uh, two PGA championship wins, 2005 and this year, 2021. And one British Open, 2013. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good resume. Hell of a resume. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I would say so. You take a look, uh, 2010, 2013, 2021. So he was, you know, he was still staying around there. And for the age of 50, let's hope that we see more guys his age or guys coming up to the age of 50 that can still stay around and tell the young kids, you know what? You're going to have to beat me to win. That's right. Yeah. And I think you will. I mean, um, just in sports in general, once you were kind of approaching the age of 40, um, you were kind of on your way out, but now with um, the diets and the training regimen that these guys have and, and, you know, got better equipment now, um, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. You'll see guys playing into their 50s now. That's so true. Yeah, I absolutely. agree, Terry. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Phil. Let's let's hope you can win another one this year so we can talk about you some more. <laughs> Go, Phil! <laughs> Go get him. Uh, Major League Baseball, six no-hitters. This has not happened since 1917 before the month of June. Uh, the, the pitchers are Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres, no hit the Texas Rangers uh, on April 9th. Uh, Carlos Rondon, uh, White Sox, no hit the Cleveland Indians April 14th. Uh, John Means, Baltimore Orioles, no hit the Seattle Mariners May 5th. Um, Wade Miley, Cincinnati Reds, no hit the Cleveland Indians May 8th, Spencer Turnbull, Detroit Tigers, no hit the Seattle Mariners, May 18th, and Corey Clubber of the New York Yankees, no hit the Texas Rangers, May 19th. Now, guys, are you happy to see this? Six six no hitters before the month of June, and and I'm going to start this one off with uh, Terry. Um. 
I mean, it's, I think it's an amazing thing. Um, I'm surprised just given the amount of uh, power hitters in baseball right now um, that we've seen this many no hitters. Um, quick fun fact, um, Madison Bumgarner pitching a no hitter uh, against the Braves on April 25th, but technically they didn't call it a no hitter because it was the second game of a double header. So it only went seven innings, but um, you know, I, I think you, you see you, the pitching, there's a lot more power pitchers in the league now. Um, and you're also seeing what, what, what seems to me like hitters are willing to sacrifice um, putting the bat on the ball for power. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got, your bullpens are a lot stronger, I feel, now, too. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Malcolm? Well, like he said, I mean, batters are going for the fence right now. They're all going for the home run. They want their stats up. And like I said, they're striking out a lot more this year. Strikeouts have went up. And like I said before, uh, Dave Kingman has had, you know, 200. I mean, he led the lead in the homers, of course. And Woody was with the Mets, and he used to strike out all the time. And they used to frown upon that. Now, today's hitters, they strike out and they don't care, you know? And Dave Kingman had a 236 lifetime batting average. And guess what? The league is averaging now as a whole 236. So right now, they don't care about average. They're just swinging for the fences and these pitchers, and they're just blowing it by them. I'm going to say the pitching is getting better, but the hitting is getting worse also. And how about you, Brian? Um, exactly what somewhat what Malcolm said. Um, the game has kind of changed. Uh, before you had positional players who play a role, leadoff guy, situational guys. Like he said, now everybody's just swinging for the fences. Nobody is really doing their part in what they need to do as a role uh, in the lineup. So uh, the way I look at it, uh, will the no hitters continue? They probably will because the pitching definitely got better. Uh, like T said, um, they're physical and uh, the analytics of the game has changed. So it's going to be interesting to see if this trend can continue and uh, we'll see what happens. How about you, Emerson? Pitching, pitching, pitching. Um, I've always been a a big fan of of great pitching. Um, I know we have uh, uh, what they say, they call them stat chasers um, now here in the major league. Everybody wants to chase stats, as Malcolm um, stated earlier. Um, but um, to see this great pitching right now is just um, phenomenal, letting us know that we still have um, great pitching right now and great pitching um, coming up, even in the minor leagues. Um, they're doing more teaching on pitching and um, being able to study different hitters, um, study their tendencies on what uh, balls they like to chase out of the strike zone. Um, being able to use um, your selective pitchings that you have. And I, and I think we have to take our hats off to the pitching coaches. Um, let's give them some credit too, because without a great pitching coach, um, your pitching staff can go lacking in some areas. So uh, this has just been a great uh, start to the Major League Baseball 2021 season, seeing these no-hitters. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, pitching, pitching, pitching. And the Detroit Tigers manager, um, A.J. Hinch, said they asked him about how come um, hitting is down this year. And he said, well, basically, a lot of pitchers today are studying the hitters more. They have videotapes that they're watching more of these hitters that they're they're going to um, go up against. And so, you know, he's... You know, he's a manager, so I have to, you know, take him at his word that this is the reason why you're seeing hitting uh, low low this year. So, you know, hats off uh, to the pitchers and to the pitching coach because he's the one that's working with that pitcher because sometimes a pitcher needs that pitching coach to give him the confidence to go out there to say, hey, trust me. Absolutely. This is what you need to do. So the next one is, guys, the Texas Rangers, Cleveland Indians, Seattle Mariners were no hit twice this major league season. 
what do you guys feel about that? And I'm going to start this one off with Malcolm. Same thing. Uh, those that's a young team, especially the Texas Rangers, and they're, they're swinging freely. I mean, they're just swinging and swinging. But like you said, two twice in the same season—that's tough because, like you said, yeah, not the uh, hitting coach. I'm glad you said that. The hitting coach isn't teaching discipline. They need to be more disciplined at the, at, at the plate when they're swinging. Like you said, nobody cares no more about the average. They're just going to keep up their swinging. And I mean, if baseball will catch up to itself. They're not going to have the hitting averages like they had in the past, you know, 25, 20, 20 years ago. It's going to be, you know, either dudes are getting long balls or nothing. They're just swinging for the fence. Yeah. And how about you, Emerson? Hey, listen, um, I, I heard a guy um, last week, he was talking about his Seattle Mariners. He's a big Seattle Mariners fan. And uh, he was just so uh, disgusted that his team was one of the teams that <laughs> was a part of that no hit uh, two times. And I, I think he said something like he's just going to get rid of all of his Seattle gear, uh, every, every jersey that he owns. Um, <laughs> it's just a fan that's just really upset with his team right now. So um, I, hope, I hope there are better days coming for that team. But I'll let him know he can come on over to my lovely Los Angeles Dodgers. We have plenty of room, and our bandwagon is, is pretty big, so he can just jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> and how about you brian uh, i figure i give seattle some love that's why i put on the hat today <laughs> but they uh you you don't see any more tony gwens you don't see guys trying to hit over 300 like malcolm said it, it's like it's just all or nothing and and i don't know if that's going to continue and that's going to hurt the game or not but I, I'm hoping it doesn't. So we'll just see and uh, see how the rest of this half of the season go. And that should tell us a lot right there. <laughs> and how about you, Terry? Um, I, I think eventually it, it'll swing back around and you'll, you'll start to get guys looking to just, you know, get extra base hits, you know, put the bat on the ball, um, I don't know if we'll ever see like uh, Tony Gwynn or Edgar Martinez type hitter, but I just think that the tide has to eventually swing back to that. Or, um, I mean, the game, the game will, I think eventually you'll start to lose more fans like that disgruntled Seattle fan. You'll see a lot of other fans that, you know, don't get me wrong. Chicks dig the long ball, but, strikeouts don't look good that good either so um <laughs> i think uh you, you'll it'll swing back around i mean it has to i mean it's not only the pitching you see defensive shifts in the infield and the outfield because yeah. yeah. guys are just aren't going you know they're not they're not just going with the ball they're all trying to pull it or get it out the ballpark you know so i, I feel like they'll, it'll change it'll swing back to hit it i um one one thing that um, we didn't bring up was uh, the shift. Yes, the shift has really, in my eyes, hurt baseball. I agree because because if you if you're a pull hitter and you've got some you've got the third baseman playing over second base, uh, you it's already hard to hit a baseball, but you've just decreased it that that much more so i don't like this shift but unfortunately it's here unless baseball decides to say you know what this is the zone that a shortstop can play in yes. or a third baseman or a first baseman to br to bring the punch of offense back into baseball but what i want to see somewhere down the road in triple a or single A is a hitting instructor to tell the kid, if you don't learn how to hit the ball the opposite way, you may stay down here a little bit longer because you're hitting into the shift. So if you can show in in the minors that you can hit the ball, if you're a if you're a left-handed hitter. And you can show that you can hit the ball down down the opposite line. 
you might move up a lot faster. So, I mean, let's let's hope that. Well, let, let, let me let me let me say something on that. Well, I I was I was just listening to MLB the other day, and someone was saying, um, "Well, why not just bunt the ball down the third base line? You probably can average over three hundred if every time they set up the shift, you just bunt the ball down the third base line. If this is what they're going to do, so the mm -hmm. coaches and de defensively they'll have to make some." some arrangements or, or make some, put some new defensive assignments together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and are we seeing, are we seeing the game called different from the umpires as far as the strike zone is, is concerned? I know we were talking about the strikeouts now. Are we seeing the game called a little bit different from the umpires? No, the, no, I'm going to say the strike zone is very, very consistent for the most part, but let me ask you a question. Em. Are you going to have a big slugger like Aaron judge, but the ball when he got two men on base? No, no, no. Oh, we were, I was talking about that shift. Uh, mostly I'm seeing for a lot of for the left-handed pick. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, let me say this. I was really talking about the left-handed hitters. Okay, yeah. okay. I, yeah. I said, hey, lay lay that ball right down the third base line. You you got a man on base now. Now we can okay. move him through a still. Now we yeah. can move him through a bunt. But but if you know how to, if you don't know how to bunt, and they didn't teach you in the minors, it's not going to happen. But you don't That's even got to bite. You just slap it there. There's one guy on the other side of the field. Okay. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me ask a question, and I'm going to go around the table. I'm going to start it off with Brian and give me a yes or a no. Do you think the reason why baseball today is the way it is for these kids in the minors, it starts with your general manager? Because he's a part of developing these kids. If he says to the minor leagues, look, I don't want you wasting time teaching these kids how to bunt. I want you to get them to maximize their hit performance. As far as either if they're a home run hitter, that's what I want you to focus on them pulling the ball. So what's your question? Do you think that's happening in um, baseball organizations? Are you, the managers on the analytical that they don't care about um, hitting the ball all around? Well, I, I think analytics is, is definitely, I think baseball is at a crossroad with analytics. Uh, so I, if somebody is saying, hit the ball, you're going to hit it 75%, you're going to pull it. 25%, you're going to slap it the other way. So if the defense is shifting over to the 75%, then you're going to hit 250. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't really say as I can't say as the general managers, I can't say that the players got to kind of look at what's out in front of them. So they got to take accountability for that. And how about you, Brian? I mean, Terry. Um, I kind of, I agree with Brian on that. Um, you know, even if the general manager is pushing that, you kind of have to take it upon yourself. I mean, that bunning, um, just putting a bat on the ball, getting contact starts down in the little leagues. Uh, maybe the general manager just, you know, he's thinking you should not have these fundamentals already when you're coming up. But as an individual, I think you, you can take pride in hitting the baseball. Um, going the other way. Um, if you go back and look at even the, the look at the Yankees, their dynasty, I mean, it was plate discipline. It was hitting the ball the other way. Same thing with the Red Sox, stealing bases, plate discipline and hitting the ball, making contact with the baseball. Um, you know, as an individual, those are things that you can take care of yourself. And how about you, Emerson? So uh, are we saying that we're, we're getting away from the fundamentals of um, bunting the baseball in the major leagues Absolutely. on the major league level? Um, I'm not sure if that's what, your, that's what your, your question is as far as the general managers are concerned. Well, but the we, general, have, to, the we general, have to move. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The, well, the general manager is the one that looks at the – is the one that sets the tone for your organization for from all the way down from uh, single a ball to triple a. 
so when he puts when he comes down with the um we're going to go to analytical that's it and if when he says this is the road we're going this is the road we're going you you've got no say you can't disagree with them or you're out of a job uh, well i i i i understand but I, I i'm just trying to say when i want to put a man in scoring position and my options of putting that man in scoring position is laying down that butt or having one of my top hitters with a chance of striking out or popping the ball up. Um, I want to put that ball in play and make that, um, that shortstop, that third baseman have to make a play, make a decision on where is he throwing the ball? He could throw an errant throw to the, to the first base. I, a wild pitch, I get another runner to advance over the third. I need to move that runner on the bases at any cost. And if bunting is it, let's do that. I want to keep the bunt in the game. I love the bunt. And how about you, Malcolm? Well, like you said, the manager dictates the uh, what, what the uh, players are supposed to do because he tells the uh, player personnel and he tells the uh, scout director what he's looking for. But I'm going to tell you right now, Yankees manager is looking for power because they picked the kid up from the uh, Dominican Republic who's 17 and is hitting the ball as hard as Aaron, Aaron Judge and, and, and the boys right now. He's only 17. And his name is Dominguez. So right now, button they don't care about. My thing is bring speed back to the park. If he can run, if he's an athlete, sort of so-called five tool, make that dude run still base. If he gets on base via walk or hit, yeah. still bases. Whatever happened to the hit yes. run? Whatever happened to the hit and run? Yeah, no more yeah, I don't see none of that. You know, yeah. no more stealing bases. Like you said, you, you can lead the league in stealing bases at 36 now. You know? Right. I mean, it, my thing is get on base. On base percentage is everything. Get on base, then hit the ball. Let's get on base. Right. Yeah. Get on base. Are we, then steal. Are we, did we forget about the great Vince Coleman stealing, stealing over 100 bases in the season? Ricky I Henderson? Mean, Ricky yeah. Henderson. All yeah. those guys, you know, Ozzie Smith, those all those guys that used to steal bases. Are we forgetting about those guys? That's why I said baseball right now is at a crossroad. Yeah. Of, of what, where it's going to go. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good topic. Uh, guys, we are looking our guys, are we looking at quality pitchers or less talented major league hitters? Uh, I'm going to start this one off with Terry. <clears throat> Um, I, right now I, I say the quality of pitching is, is very high. Like I said before, I mean, you've got power pitchers. Not only can they get the ball up in the high nineties, they can put it just about anywhere they want, you know, on the plate, they can put it inside, outside, over the plate, high and tight. Um, and the bullpens, the bullpens are, are really good now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, like, like I said, I, I think the hitting, the hitting will come around, but right now the pitching is, is superior. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Brian? I agree with T a hundred percent on that. Um, pitching. I'm not taking nothing away from that. I think they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and they have evolved. Um, now it's time for the hitters to make an adjustment. And will they do that? Or will they still be stubborn and do and continue doing what they're doing? I think the trend is going to continue. I think it's going to continue to go that way, that you're going to see strikeouts. You're going to see more no hitters because of the shift in the analytics. And you can kind of see all this coming to, to fruition even with Barry Bonds and McGuire and them, you see they was doing the shift just for them. Now they're doing it for each different player, depending on the way the statistics show that they hit the ball. So I think this is going to be something to see how this all plays out, because I think it's going to continue with some more in the winners. And how about you, Malcolm? Well, eh, pitching has gotten better, yes. But the hitting, like, like I said before, has gotten worse. Like I said, just because of the discipline. Uh, I'm going to just leave it at that. And how about you, Emerson? Hey, listen, um, I, I'm seeing the pitching, um, as you alluded to earlier, Aaron, um, about 
I think the pitchers are studying a lot of the hitters now mm -hmm. um, with their film session and doing their homework, um, seeing what what um, what hitters, um, what pitches they like to chase, what pitches they're comfortable with, um, what pitches I can, um, you know, pitch count, those things. And I think putting those hitters in those scenarios, I think advantage pitcher. So um, I, I think we're going to see a, a big uptick in some of the pitching and you know, those Cy Young award winners, um, get ready. It might be an interesting um, Cy Young um, race coming down the stretch. I think um, one of the things that, you know, for me, Emerson and Malcolm and the two little babies, Brian and Terry, were probably still asleep, <laughs> was that in our era, it wasn't that many pitchers that could get mid nineties. That was a special pitcher where you're seeing a lot more kids today that can throw in the mid nineties. And that's, that's a big, big difference when you got somebody that you can go right to the bullpen and say, okay, he's coming out and he's throwing in the mid nineties. And as they say, a good pitcher get a, a good hitter every time. So, you know, sooner or later, somebody is going to say in baseball, we're going to have to take another look. Should we be going after the home run or should we go back to basic baseball, moving the players over? That was, that was pretty good, guys. Uh, yeah. Who's hot in the Major League Baseball? We're going to start this one off with Emerson. My man, Mr. Shui Atani. A dual threat, both um, from the pitching aspect of what we were just talking about and here at the plate. Um, hitting, he's already hit over 14 home runs. He's one of the Major League leaders in home runs, and he's a pitcher. We're talking about a dual threat here now, something we haven't seen in a long time. Um, I might have to throw Babe Ruth name up in there, um, seeing a, a hitter and a pitcher being able to dominate a game, change the complexion of the game right now. Um, Otane is my guy right now. I'm, I'm loving his numbers, and he's must-see TV every time he's either pitching or he's hitting. He hit a ball the other night over 450 feet, so... Otani, that's that's my guy for the Angels. Listen, <laughs> watch out. Must see TV anytime he's at the plate or anytime he's pitching. And how about you, Malcolm? Whoa, Ronald Acuna Jr. This kid is hot. Before today, he started off the, the league leading leading home runs, and uh, he was up there in RBIs. His OPS is uh you know one thousand. This kid is, he's the future. This kid is only like 22, 23 years old for the Atlanta Braves, and he's crushing the ball. I mean, he's having a heck of a year just to start. I mean, he's, he's the future of what baseball is today, and the kid can swing. Mm. How about you, Terry? I got to go with uh, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., or El Nino, as they call mm. him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about uh, all the stuff we were talking about, this kid right now, he's got 13 home runs, 26 runs batted in, uh, he's 10 stolen bases. Uh, he's got a 308 batting average. His on-base percentage is 384. Um, he hit two home runs, uh, I believe it was Sunday night. Um, the second homer he hit in that game was a, a monster shot for a grand slam. It was like 447 feet. Um, and this kid is only 22 years old. And it's crazy because back in April, they, um, he got hurt and everyone was saying that he was going to have to have surgery. Um, he's got a torn, uh, a slight tear in his shoulder. And he's doing mm. all this. It, it has, in my opinion, it's affecting his fielding a little bit. His errors are up. But, okay. um, you know, he's 22. This kid is a talent. Um, yes, he is. You know, some people have issues with, you know, his home run trots and the bat flips, but he's still young. He'll mature. Um, he could be that guy to, you know, 
turn batting around in the league, just like we were talking about. He could be that guy because he's a special talent. And how about you, Brian? Uh, my player is going to be Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, oh, yeah. Start off blazing hot right now. Um, batting hot. average, three, 333. First, uh, it might be first still in home runs at 15. And he's tied right now. Um, his OPS is 1,100. So he's just ripping the ball off the covers. But his batting average and his contact is what's kind of what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Where people were just swinging for the fences. He's putting the ball in play as well. Play. So you're getting the power, and he's consistently hitting. So chip off the old block from his dad, who seemed to have the longest bat ever in MLB. <laughs> so yeah, I want to see if he can continue that. He's very young. So you know they're probably going to make adjustments on him. So he's going to have to make adjustments as well. Remind me a lot of Manny Ramirez if he can continue like that. Uh, guys, uh, mine is uh, the New York Yankees, <laughs> the evil empire. <laughs> uh, you would have to go back to Hubert, Her- um, Hubert Hoover's presidency in 1932 to find four games where the Yankees starters didn't allow a run over seven or more innings. They were lights out over the weekend, their starters. Just like we were talking about, there was really no hitting from the Yankees, but their pitchers kept them in the game. There's their bullpen was outstanding. And they're doing pretty good. So I, I take my, tip my hats off to the uh, New York Yankees starters for um, staying hot and having Clover pitch a no-hitter against the Texas Rangers. And Cole going, um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Malcolm, uh, nine innings over the weekend against the White Sox. Or was it seven? No, he did not. He did nine. Yep, Corey Kluber. So, hats off to my New York Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. They're playing Toronto right now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they are. Vlad is knocking it out the park, hopefully. <laughs> I, I want I to also, um, the Yankees, they, they had a triple play. Yeah, yes. We're, yes, we're going to bring that one up. Um, I just wanted to go back for one second. Um, when we were talking about the, uh, the three teams, the Rangers, Cleveland Indians, and the Seattle Mariners. The Texas Rangers are ranked 15th in Major League Baseball with a batting average of 235 and an on-base percentage of 307. Cleveland Indians are ranked 28th in baseball with a batting average of 214 and an on-base percentage of 287. And did I say uh, in the Seattle Mariners? are ranked 30th with a batting average of 200 and an on-base percentage of 279. So um, that's pretty sad. But if you're a pitcher, you don't care. You're at the plate. And all it takes is <laughs> one one good swing and uh, <laughs> you're out. Yeah. And there it's goes like your, 250 is good now. Yeah, there goes your no-hitter. <laughs> Yeah, but um, hey, and I I, w- I want to give it up to the umpires when they're able to just call that last strike. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, M, do you want to bring up the um, congratulations to the New York Yankees for the triple hey, play? Listen, um, I you know I'm not a Yankee fan, but I got to give credit where credit is due to pull off a triple play. Um. That that was just great. That was phenomenal for the New York Yankees. Big up to the New York Yankees with that triple play. Um, just give us some juice and um, baseball, you know, this year. And seeing plays like that and all the um, the, the pitching, the no hitters, you know, just and the, all the fans back in the stands is, is just is just phenomenal. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the park. 
No. NBA NBA Uh, opens the arenas back for the fans at 90% capacity. uh, Malcolm, uh, how do you guys feel about the fans being back in the stands? I think it's great. You know, it brings a lot of excitement back to the fans. The players want them back. They definitely want them back. They love seeing the fans come back to the stands, especially in basketball. Where the New York Knicks had, uh, I know we're getting the NBA later, but the New York Knicks had fifteen thousand coming in, and the place was bananas. They said it was it was bananas. The first the first game the whole year that was bananas like that. So it was great to see the fans come back, especially to the ballpark. And the football is going to come back to ninety percent or or hundred percent. Also, they already mm-hmm. said it, you know. So you know they want their money back. That's where they make their money. Is, you know, fans and fans. <laughs> I mean, you go to eat five hot dogs, cost you cost you fifty dollars. Oh yeah. And how about you, Brian? Um, it's good to have the fans back. Um, like you said, the garden was rocking. It was crazy. And if you looked at compared the two games, I watched the game, the Portland game last night. We didn't have that many fans compared to the garden, the way that game was off the chain. You could just see the excitement of just having people back of what it did to the players, to the game and just bringing excitement. All, all, all through the uh, NBA playoffs. And how about you, Emerson? Hey, man, there's nothing like hearing some fans in the stands when uh, giving you that energy for the home team. Hey, root, root, toot for the home team. Good to see the fans back. I'm just happy. And how about you, Terry? Uh, it, it's it's great. I mean, um, the players already turn it up a notch when the playoffs come, but you know, I'm a Knicks fan, and it's nothing like hearing that organ. And then when you put the you put the fans behind that, and you know we uh, we were on we were on a conference call on we were all on a conference call on Sunday, and you know uh, it was down to the wire. And I was I called for somebody to be in the game. You guys, <laughs> you guys all laughed at me because I wanted Frank Nilakina in the on <laughs> trade. but you know i mean having a fans back it just it just brings back great it makes for great playoff moments you know trey young hit that floater in the lane and uh the fans earlier has said some not so nice things about him and he would turn to the fans and told him to be quiet i mean that's a playoff moment right there you can't do that without having the fans in the stands so but who was who was dm him again i'm sorry uh, Frank Nilakina. I'm gonna own that. I'm gonna own that. Yeah. Um, I, I'll take all full responsibility for that. I'm with you, Tibbs, on that one. I would have hey, made the same call. Did, did Frank know that was the garden, or was he having his dancing shoes to go over the Broadway? <laughs> and he was on skate. <laughs> He was playing uh, for the Rangers. Uh, he was Which way do I go? Which way do I go? Oh, man, that was rough. That's who Empire. Phil Jackson wanted. Phil Jackson picked him. So <laughs> that's what Phil Jackson arms. gets. Yeah. And he's in his log cabin somewhere. And you got <laughs> stuck with Frank, who's got long arms. <laughs> I, I think um, one, of the, one of the good things that they showed on uh, CNN Sunday um, before the Nick game, they – all the fans had to show that, um, one, you had to show your COVID card. Nice. Second thing was, um, if you didn't have a card, you had to take a test before you went in there. Nice. So uh, kudos to the NBA to say, hey, we want you guys to have fun and to be entertained. And Malcolm is showing... <laughs> It's laminated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> laminated. All right. But I, I thought that was really great to show the process of that of what they were going to do before the game to allow the fans to go into the arena. And I thought that was awesome. Now I, I want to ask ask you guys a question, and I'm going to start it off with Brian first. Chris Paul, do you think he'll be ready tonight? I think he will give it a shot. 
he's that type of player that I think he will try to give it a shot. And now, unless the doctors tell him he absolutely cannot go in the game, but he's that type of player I can see he's not going to pass up the opportunity to try to help the team one way or another. One arm, one leg, one shot. That's all. <laughs> Just run the club. That's all he needs to do. Yep. And how about you, Terry? Yeah, he's going to give it a go. It's a shame. I mean, it seems like every year we we kind of see this with Chris Paul, um, shoulder, hammy, you know. Um, he's going to give it a shot, and the Lakers are going to be – they're, they're going to put him through a lot of – I expect them to put him through a lot of pick and rolls tonight, kind of, you know, bang up that shoulder a little bit more. Um, but he'll give it a go. He'll give it his best effort. And how about you, Malcolm? He's one of the best floor generals in the league and, and probably in, in the history, you know, goes back to, you know, with Nate Archibald, of course, you know, with the great, you know, Magic Johnson and John Stockton, you know, as far as distributing the ball. My thing is the dude's always hurt. I mean, his body don't help him. He's always injured in the playoffs. And he's a heck of a player, a heck of a closer, and a great player. And he just, to me, he just, he just gets hurt all the time. I mean, it's unfortunate. I hope he gets through it and stays healthy, you know, healthy enough to play. But he's going to he's gonna go. They're, 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 they're going to shoot up that shoulder and send him out there. He ain't going. He, he's playing. He's playing tonight. <laughs> and how about you, Emerson? I want to see Chris Paul on the floor tonight. Um, just um, I've always been a great competitor. I have a lot of respect for his game. Um his court awareness, his shooting ability, and just being able to overall run a team. As Malcolm stated, um, one of the best floor generals that we've ever seen in our lifetime. Um, I hope he plays because my Lakers are going to beat him anyway, um, but I just don't want to hear any excuses. So uh, I want Chris Paul, if you're listening, get on the floor tonight, all right, because we don't want to have any excuses when we win this series. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. Yeah, I don't know who you think you're fooling with that one. Yeah, really. <laughs> that, you know, boy Booker, out there. that boy Booker <laughs> says, "Go! You better stop me from getting to that hoop." Uh, now, now um, we brought up how you know Chris Paul is basically beat up at the end, at the end of the uh, NBA season, going into the playoffs, and it showed again on Sunday. He hurt his shoulder. What was Anthony Davis' excuse? Let me start this one off with Terry. Because uh, he he looked like an old man out there Sunday. Uh, definitely. I mean, he, he, he didn't bring it. Uh, I expect him. I mean, I expect him to bring it tonight. Uh, the Lakers, they need him. Uh, definitely no excuse for that performance uh, against the Suns on Sunday, but I, he'll bring it tonight. Uh, DeAndre Ayton kind of, he, he outshined him and I expect uh, Davis to respond tonight, you know, but I also go back to, you know, he's got, Davis has got a lot of wear and tear on him from last year. Remember they had that short off season uh, training camp was short as well. So I think, you know, for both him and LeBron, they're, they're, they're feeling the effects of that, you know, and they're going to, you know, if they go deep into the playoffs, they're going to feel it even more. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Brian? Um, Anthony Davis did not show up. He got destroyed (laughs) by a younger kid that would just brought it to him. And, but I, I think Anthony Davis will rebound and come back and show off. Um, I, I recall he did the same thing, I think, last year in the bubble first game. It was kind of a loof game. It just kind of went through the motions. So I think in this one, which is a pivotal game, I think he better show off and he better be dominant. Stop shooting all the threes. Get down in the paint. That's what he needs to do. Uh, show his presence. So we'll see what he does. And how about you, Emerson? Listen, AD tonight, 35 and 15. Okay. 
35 points, 15 rebounds, five block shots. Lakers win. Lakers win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that. Malcolm. Well, I think the Suns got a lot to say about that 35 and 15. It may happen in the next three games, you know. If he doesn't, you know, spread out to the three games, he'll have that. But he ain't going to have it in this game, you know, because they're going to make sure that he don't kill him. You know, I mean, AD is a great player. You know, he might get a 40-piece. But but he falls off LeBron. It's how LeBron gets in the lob, the alley-oops and everything. It's how he flows off LeBron. If LeBron don't give it to him, he's going to stay out there and shoot what he shoot. He ain't going to go down low. He ain't going to do what he do. Like you said, he's letting the game come to him. But he got to step up. And I'm not going to feel sorry for them because they had a short season. Get over it, man. This is NBA. That's what you get paid for. Go out there and play. You got to do your job. Do your job. Like I said, I don't know if last year was a fluke Laker championship, but it might have been. But they earned it. They got it. They earned it. But let's see them. Let's see them go back to back. Then they'll say they earn it. I tell you what, a lot of teams in the West got a lot to say about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I hope uh, Anthony Davis is healthy. That that's what I really hope that the young man is healthy. That um, he he's he doesn't have any side effects from his Achilles, because that would be sad. So let's just hope that um. He had a bad game and um, that the Lakers make this playoff game competitive against the Suns. If not, it can be over quick. Yeah, so gonna... one thing I, I will say just real quick is mm -hmm. even though the Suns won, the Lakers held them to under 100 points. Um, number mm -hmm. one rated defense in the league. And this was without LeBron or, or AD kind of going off so that that should be a concern for the Suns um something to look out for tonight um they held them to under 100 points and they didn't play their best game so we'll see okay uh NBA predictions for the first round I'm going to start this one off with Malcolm Miami Heat versus the Milwaukee Bucks I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. They got too deep a bench, and uh, I don't know if that was just uh, – the Heat got hot in that bubble last year. So, I don't see them getting past Milwaukee. They're one and done. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. All right. And uh, Terry? Uh, I'm going to go with Milwaukee. Uh, they, the, the pickup of um, Drew Holiday is, is, was key, is key for them. Um, yes, yes, yes. And they, they have a 2-0 lead now. Uh, I think they, they know they can put Miami away. Um, and I heard Charles Barkley say it. He guaranteed it. I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> this could be a sweep. Okay. And how about you, Emerson? Listen, don't count Jimmy Buckets out in the Miami Heat. Um, they played with a lot of heart and pride last year in the um, NBA championship so I think some of that pride is going to start to come alive. Um, look for Miami to make this interesting. I'm going to pick the Heat um, to come back and win this series. Jimmy Buckets and the crew. Mm. Mm. And how about you, Brian? I'm going to take Milwaukee. Um, I think it may go six, though. I, I think Miami will wind up winning a couple. But um, I think Jimmy Buckets need to – uh, impose his will more on the game. Uh, he, he does play the game the right way, which is nothing wrong with that, but this is playoff time. He needs to take over the game and not let it just kind of come to him. So that's what I take. Okay. I'm going with Miami. I started with Miami. I'm going to stay with Miami. I might regret it, but I'm going to go down with that ship. <laughs> Portland Trail Blazers and the Denver Nuggets. Emerson. Listen, Portland, Dame, Dame time, Dame time, Dame time. I like Portland in that series, hands down. Okay. Malcolm? Oh, I'm going with Portland in that one. Dame Dollar. That boy, he's incredible. He's a great shooter, great player. 
And they, they look focused. That team looks focused this year. They got McCullum this year, so they're really going to be playing. And how about you, Brian? I am taking Denver on that. Uh, I think Portland needs to play more better defense. They, they got to play some defense. Um, they can score with the best of them, but they don't seem to have the will to want to stop people. So that's what I'm going to say. And how about you, Terry? Uh, I'm going to go. I agree with Brian on that. They, they need to step up a little bit more defensively, but I'm going to take Portland. Okay. Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Brian, who do you got? Uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for uh, Tatum, uh, but they, they just don't have it. They they, they don't have it. And they, I'm expecting them to get sweep, swept right out right, right out the rug. <laughs> Oh my goodness, uh, Terry, <laughs> Brooklyn, <laughs> Malcolm, Brooklyn, pull out the broom, pull out the broom, <laughs> the no doubt, no doubt. Like I said, they were the most disappointing team this year. I said it earlier in the year. I mean, because they're not playing any defense, and they only got Tatum. They're done. They're done. Stick a fork, Emerson. Yeah, it's time to stick a fork in those Celtics. It's it's over, Boston. I'm I'm sorry. It's it's all over. Going with Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets, and I am going with the Brooklyn Nets too. I think um, I I got a bad feeling that the um, the Celtics will fire their head coach at the end of the season. Ooh. Oh yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. He's gone. Yeah. Get him out of here. That's big. That's big. Los Angeles Lakers versus the Phoenix Suns. Malcolm. (laughs) Suns all day. What are you kidding? That kid Booker is phenomenal. He's he's playing out of this world. And we already said what that what what that floor general does. I mean, once he gets that team rolling, and they actually play defense, where the whole Lakers is depending on AD and LeBron. Without AD and LeBron, they ain't doing nothing. So I'm going with a team that wants to play as a team and win as a team. Like I said, I'm I'm taking Phoenix. Uh, Terry. Uh, I'm going Lakers. Uh, Chris Paul, the Chris Paul injury, um, it, it's big. I mean, you're going to see them basically leave Chris Paul and let him shoot the ball now, and they're going to get the ball out of Devin Booker's hand any any chance they get. So I'm going Lakers. And how about you, Brian? I'm going to go with the Lakers as well. Um, like T said, uh, Chris Paul injury, that just really concerns me. Um they labored through that, even though he had to come in just to kind of stabilize them a little bit sometime. And I think the Lakers are just going to take Booker out of the game somehow, some way, and make other guys beat him. And the big cojona, Emerson. <laughs> come on, man. L.A., 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 listen, you – just woke up an angry bear when you beat us in that first game. Phoenix Suns, I just want to let you know. LeBron had those guys up. I think they went to the YMCA to have practice after they lost. All <laughs> uh, right. So listen, L.A., L.A., L.A. Come on, Lakers. Let's do this. Whoop, whoop. Make sure yeah. you keep your phone on tonight when we text you if they lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, don't, we don't want to hear that you're asleep. I, I answer text messages. Yeah, man, I'm sleepy, on. man. I'm tired. I have no problems knocking on your door. Don't say, uh, what was the score? We don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, – I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I, If Anthony Davis and LeBron wakes up today, tonight, I think uh, the Lakers will win this series. Uh, moving on to the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Malcolm, who do you have? I'm going to say I want the Clippers to win. The Mavericks are tough, man. You, Luca, Luca's a beast. Luca's a beast. But I'm going to pick the Clippers because Kawhi's a winner. PG ain't a winner. 
PG no show off playoff playoff George. He don't show off, but Kawhi is a winner, you know, and he plays great defense. So I'm gonna try to get the Clippers in that one. I think they might be a little deeper than uh the uh the Mavericks and the Mavericks. They, they got Porzingis back and they got you know Luca, who are great players, who are ballers. So I, I'm I'm gonna still pick the Clippers. And how about you, Terry? And it's 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 a tough call. I mean, uh, I, I can't. I'm not sure if I could call this one. I mean, <laughs> Porzingis is healthy. I mean that that was Dallas's um, complaint last year. They didn't have a, a healthy Porzingis. Um, the, the rumors are that Kawhi will be guarding Luca exclusively tonight. Uh, if Luca still goes off, I, I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm gonna go Dallas. You can go Dallas. Go upset. And how about you, Emerson? Dallas Mavericks. Listen, uh, Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Cowboys, uh, Dallas Mavericks. I'm rooting for you tonight. They're going to upset the Los Angeles Clippers in this series. Los Angeles Clippers just don't have it. They're missing something. I don't know what that team is missing, but I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks to win this series. And how about you, Brian? I'm going to go with Dallas as well. Um, Clippers concern me. With all these defensive players, well, two potential all-stars, you got Paul and you got Kawhi, I don't see one of them saying, you know what, I'm going to take this guy out of his game. Everybody else move out the way. And I don't see that with them. They just kind of like, you got them, I got them. No, no, I'm going to take them. And I don't see that. So I'm taking Dallas. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Dallas, too. Um, the Clippers, everybody um, gave them the NBA championship last year, that they were going to be the team. You got to go out there and win it. They didn't do it last year, sent the coach on his way. They fired the coach, and I still don't see it happening with um, the Clippers, so I'm taking Dallas. Um, Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. <laughs> We're going to start this one off with Brian. Wow. Wow, you're telling me to pick my own team. That's rough. Um, <laughs> um I think I think the Knicks can pull it off. Um, I think they could even play better in that game that they played in. And Julius Randle really didn't even have – he didn't even have a good game. So I, I could – I'm going to take the Knicks in that. I think they can play better. Okay. And how about you, Emerson? The New York Knicks. I like the Knicks winning this series. I think Tibbs are going to have them ready to play. From here on out, I think they should have won the first game. Um, but, we, you know, we had Frank, you know, who was roller skating all over the place <laughs> with his long arms. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to New York Knicks. <laughs> and how about you, Terry? I'm going New York Knicks. Uh, that's my team. But I, I'll just say this. Atlanta is a very, very talented team. Um, and if they if they do advance, they they're they're not to be taken lightly. They have a lot of talent on that team. Okay. And how about you, Mr. New York Nick slash Dallas Cowboy Malcolm? Go New York, go New York, go. Tell you what, you know I'm definitely going to New York, without a doubt. Listen, man, the 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 Atlanta Hawks they do have a good team they have an up and coming team they had a, they had a decent year but hey the Knicks I won't lie to you I said it before they surprised me this year I thought they were a lottery team and they found a lot of heart under Thibodeau who should be coach of the year I don't care what nobody says he should be coach of the year uh they play great defense and like you said it's just a matter of Julius Randle showing up he's like he's, we 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 go through him it's just a matter of him showing up if he shows up and the team shows up, they knock down them threes and, and play some great defense. Yeah, it's going to – I hope it goes the whole end of the series, seven series. Hope it goes seven. You know, I wanted to go that that way because I'm I'm big time. I want to see every Nick game, and I will be cheering tonight. I mean, tomorrow night, 
and I will be cheering every night they play. Go New York, go New York, go! <laughs> oh, Somebody's man. amped up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how about you, Emerson? Listen, um, New York. I mean, what, what, what team were we talking about again? You already went to New York, didn't you? Yeah, we did that already. You did me already. Did, I'm, your sorry. Turn. I'm all set, man. Your turn, bro. I'm going with the Knicks. It's your turn. Who are you taking? Oh, I'm taking Atlanta. <laughs> oh, yeah, I figured. I think that's much. Don't take it personal. No. I, the, I, I think that what the Knicks <laughs> have done this year was outstanding. Nobody picked the Knicks to be in the playoffs. Everybody was basically like, well, the Knicks, uh, let's just hope they can get a lottery pick. Coach came in there and he did a he did a phenomenal job. I tip my Absolutely. hat tip my hat Absolutely. off to him. Definitely. But um I don't I think that's where it stops for the Knicks. I don't see the Knicks going um any farther. So I'm I'm going with the Hawks. Um Memphis Grizzlies and the Utah Jazz. I'm going to start this one off with Terry. I'm gonna. I'm. You know what? I'm going Grizzlies. Um, I like the defense they're playing, and I. I just. I was a little skeptical of Utah, um, especially playoff time, um, just to see how they were going to perform. Uh, I know. They'll, they'll be at full strength tonight, but I'm going to go Grizzlies. I'm going to take the, the underdog in this one. And how about you, Malcolm? Uh, Donovan Mitchell in the Utah Jazz, man. I mean, that kid's a baller. I love his enthusiasm. I love his, his hustle. He's just a hard-nosed player, and he, he just balls. I mean, kids from – believe people don't believe in that. Kids from Greenwich, Connecticut, you know? His dad, his dad worked for the Mets, if I'm not mistaken – so, you know, he, he grew up in money, so money ain't no thing to him. So, uh, but the kid can ball. I love his game. From He went to the University of Louisville, and that team is just playing well. They're just a well-oiled machine. So, with that first round, I'm definitely going Utah. And how about you, Emerson? I, I like Utah. Um, like Malcolm said, um, Donovan Mitchell is, is going to show up, and he's going to show up big. And I believe he's going to make his statement on this game and on this series Utah for me. I'm going with the Utah Jazz. And Brian? I'm going to go with Utah. I think once Donovan Mitchell gets back in the game, that's going to just change the balance. But uh, Grizzlies definitely playing hard, and um, they're playing well. But I think youth will get to them sooner or later. It will hit them. Um, I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz. Uh, Memphis is young. Uh, they'll be back next year, but they're not getting past Utah. And so that's the predictions for the first round. Let's see what happens when we come back here next week. What about that Philly series? How you like that in that Philly series, huh? Oh, Philly and Washington. Oh, Philly, Washington. Philly and Washington. Okay, Emerson, who do you like in Philly and Washington? I'm going with Philly. <laughs> 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 I like those cheese steaks down there in Philly anyway. So, yeah, I'm going with Philly. Terry? Uh, Philadelphia. Uh, they, they, uh, they have some weapons offensively. Um, and defensively, um, Bradley Bill's not 100%. Um, you know, the Washington is going to give it their best effort because Russell Westbrook will settle for nothing less, but um, they're just – Philly's too talented for Washington. And how about you, Brian? Oh, Philly. Washington, kudos for getting in, um, but Philly's just a better team. So uh, I see that just might even sweep them. And you, Malcolm? Philadelphia, I think everybody's going Philadelphia. It's hard not to pick them. Uh, Tobias Harris is playing like a beast, and then B's probably going to be MVP this year. So 
you definitely got to say Philadelphia. I mean, Washington just doesn't have enough bullets. No pun intended. You're Washington <laughs> bullets. We we'll have enough bullets in the chamber for, for Philly. Uh, wizards, man. wizards. <laughs> I know they're the wizards. I know. I know. <laughs> I just use the name. You're Washington bullets. Yeah, have some kids going. What? What is? What is he talking oh, about? The <laughs> they used to be the Washington bullets. They changed the yeah. name because too much shooting in DC. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is true. <laughs> True. But uh, I'm going to take my lunch money and I'm going down to Philly and give me give myself a Philly cheesesteak. So I'm going with the 76ers. <laughs> I don't I don't see I don't see um, the Washington Wizards winning this at all. I don't think they have enough magic to win this. But, there you um, go. Good call with that. Not enough <laughs> magic. I like that. Guys, <laughs> we did a. Um, I think we did a good job tonight. And Emerson, before you come on, freeze, because Malcolm has something to say. Yes. (laughs) At the end of the show, I want to say, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for for putting it up with us, you know. Again, again, thank you. Keep watching the show, XO Sports. Remember, tell a friend, tell family. Please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Please share also with a family or friend and please leave a comment because without your comments, you know, we can only get better. Also, you know, thank you again for all the viewers who are out there. Keep doing what you're doing. We love it. We love the fact that you're watching. Please. Thank you for watching. Oh, and you just finished watching episode number eight of EXO Sports Talk. Come and see us again. Tune in. We are everywhere. Tell somebody about EXO Sports Talk Live. Good night until we see you again. Next week. Next week. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Thank you.